This is Learning Innovation, the teaching and learning podcast, otherwise known as LittlePod. We are created by Lethbridge College's Centre for Teaching, Learning and Innovation, located in Lethbridge, Alberta, Canada, on the traditional lands of the Blackfoot Confederacy. Here at CTLI, it's our job to keep education innovative and accessible, which leads to lots of conversations and projects with students, educators and experts in our networks. We hope you'll tune in, hit play, and get inspired as we navigate and capture the dynamic landscape of teaching, learning, and pedagogy. Welcome to episode number 22 of The Little Pod. Our guest today is Benjamin Northcott, faculty member and practice coordinator for the Nursing Education in Southern Alberta Bachelor of Nursing Programs at Lethbridge College. And this program is often referred to as NISA. Today, we'll be talking about some of the amazing curriculum innovations happening in the nursing programs. Welcome, Benjamin. Hi, Donna. Thanks for having me today. It's great to have you here. Um, Can you tell me a little bit about your role to start with? Sure. So I've been here at the college for about nine years as a full-time faculty member in the Bachelor of Nursing programs. For the past five to six years, I've been also um, the practice coordinator, which means I oversee all of the clinical practice experiences for the nursing students in their first couple of years of the program. And what does a typical day look like for you? <laughs> so my day is filled with a lot of email, a lot of communication. Um, I help support instructors and students if they're having issues or challenges in their practice sites or with each other. I also um, attend a lot of meetings. I help with the I help the program chair in supporting uh, consistent program delivery for all of our students. It, it sounds like you've got a lot going <laughs> yeah. on in your role. It sounds like yeah. it's it's quite busy and you've got a lot of variety. Um, I understand there's been um, some curriculum changes and things that you've been working on in the NISA Bachelor of Nursing program. Can you talk a little bit about that? For sure. So several years ago, we began this adventure and journey of uh, writing a new curriculum for our nursing students. Um, we probably started about four or five years ago. It took us a couple of years to build some foundational, a new foundational philosophy and some foundational kind of goals and, and uh, program framework. And then after that, we began working on a new sequence of uh, courses um, with new content and new focus in order to help our students have a better experience in the nursing program. And so where are you at in that stage now? Yeah, so we've been working on a phased rollout of that new curriculum. So the first two years of the four-year program have now been delivered for the first time um, in the new curriculum. We The third and fourth year are set to start the new curriculum this this coming fall and then the fall after that. So we've kind of rolled out. Um, we followed through the students so that those students who began in our legacy program have continued in the legacy program until they graduate and students that are admitted into the new program are, are rolling out that new program year by year as they go through that sequence. For the after degree program, which is a two-year accelerated track for students that already have a bachelor's degree, we are planning to roll that out the, the first version of the new curriculum this fall. Well, that's very exciting for your mm-hmm. students and it must be very exciting for yourself and for your faculty. It is very exciting to see it coming together and actually realizing this project that we've been working on for such a long time. So, yeah. And what was the impetus for this change to the program? So back in 2015, 2016, we went through a process of accreditation. We um, are an approved 
we are, our program is approved by a provincial body known as NEPAC. I don't want you to worry about the acronym, but uh, we decided we wanted to shoot for a national accreditation status. And that's done through the Canadian Association for Schools of Nursing. And so we went through that process. It took us about a year to do that. And when they came back to us, they gave us approval for five years at that time and accreditation status. But they also gave us a bunch of recommendations that they felt we could um, implement to make our program even better. And one of those was that we lacked kind of a cohesive central philosophy. And so we thought, well, if we're going to invent a new cohesive central philosophy, it follows suit to look at our entire program and make sure that it aligns with that philosophy. So that's kind of where we started with the idea that maybe we should do a ground level build up of a new of a new curriculum. And so we've tried to keep what was good from the old and enhance things that we saw as gaps or challenges in the old program and and make it even better. Can you describe that new philosophy? Sure. So, well, I could read it to you, but I won't read it to you. Our new philosophy, we based it on a number of different things. Um, and this is going to be a little bit nursing speak, but we, we um, focused highly on a concept called relational practice, where we're looking at the interchange that happens between the nurse and the person that they're providing care for. We also incorporated some elements of critical social theory and looked at how social structure and social status influences people's health and their ability to access healthcare. And we also built uh, strongly on, on uh, Gene Watson's theory of human caring, which is a theory that's used widely in our nursing uh, field. We had a curriculum consultant from the University of Victoria named Dr. Marsha Hills, who has worked closely with uh, Dr. Watson, and they've put together a book called Creating a, a Caring Science Curriculum, and we kind of followed that um, and that philosophy in the creation of our own kind of personalized version of, of how we wanted to address nursing and approach nursing care. This sounds like a really fascinating philosophy, and yeah. and so then you've had you've implemented that yeah. into your courses. Yeah, so we built this philosophy and wrote kind of our own personalized version of a philosophy statement. From there, we we um, identified what we call cornerstones of nursing practice, and uh, and also uh, began working with an idea that we that we call praxis, which is a little bit different from practice, but uh, the idea being that what you learn in the classroom should influence what's happening in the practice world and what you're seeing in the practice world should also influence what drives you in the classroom and drives further development in the in the field. So we've kind of implemented all those things and then built kind of new courses and new a new program sequence based on that underlying philosophy. So when I talk about the cornerstones of our program, we identified four areas that we felt were kind of key aspects of nursing practice. We called them health, healing, and wholeness, which incorporates all of our concepts about the human body and, and how we facilitate healing as nurses. We also identified relational practice, which was, again, from our philosophy, we carried it over as one of our cornerstones of, of nursing practice. And that, again, is how you as a nurse interact and provide care for the person that, that you're associating with. We also identified professional identity as part of the nursing practice. Nursing has a very strong concept of itself and has worked very hard to establish itself as a, as a unique and independent profession from other medical professions. So we want to foster that in our students as well. And the last cornerstone that we identify was what we called intersectionality, context and change, which looks at the fact that nursing is never the same. It's constantly moving. The people that you interact with are always going to be different. And so the, the way that you provide care is going to have to be flexible and always change and be person-centered and uniquely focused on that individual or that um, 
group of individuals that you're providing care for. One of the other things we developed, which I had mentioned before, is we designed a new pedagogical framework. And when we did that, we also looked at um, the pedagogical framework informed our sequencing of courses where what we wanted to do was have the nurse student first focus on themselves, their own health and their own well-being and how they can facilitate and maintain that both as a student and then moving forward into their profession as nurses. Nursing is a pretty high demand profession, both emotionally and mentally and as well as physically. So we want them to be able to, you know, work for many years and do that successfully. Then we move from there to a person-centered focus where we're looking at an individual and how do we provide care? How do we collaborate with that individual to help them choose the right health interventions for themselves and for their, for their health moving forward once they're no longer in our care? From there, we move on to a family focus. And so you'll if you looked at our program framework, you'd see these con- our courses are named health of persons and then health of families. The next one is uh, after a family care centered focus, we looked at population groups. So we move on to a community health um, focus. And then we start moving to some specialty areas. So we look at acute care and uh, more intensive care. And we also look at mental health and mental health care. And we kind of incorporate both individual level focuses as well as the larger family and community type of focuses into those courses. This sounds really innovative. It's, it sounds like there's some some really amazing innovations going on with what you've done in the program and the changes that you've made. And um, are there other innovations that have uh, kind of stemmed from that beginning? Sure. One of the other innovations that we um, worked on in this program was the reallocation of our lab practice hours. So our students in the past would have designated lab days and they'd be long eight hour days that they'd spend in lab learning a variety of skills at a, in a kind of accelerated pace. What we decided was more effective for student learning was to space those lab hours out and have them have lab time every single week and then level the skills that they're learning from week to week throughout the program. So we now have lab hours that occur in their second semester first year every single week. They learn a lot of assessment skills and a, a personal basic hygiene skills for providing care. In the second year, they have labs every single week throughout the entirety of the second year, and they learn all kinds of things from um, oxygenation, um, delivering medications, dressing changes, catheterizations, tube feeding. I could give you the long list. And so they move through all those throughout the second year. Um, In their third and fourth year, they also have labs that have been added to their mental health um, courses, as well as to their acute care courses so they can learn some of the more advanced acute care skills like looking after patients with chest tubes or maybe a tracheostomy or different higher level skills in preparation for their final preceptorship which they do in their last semester where they're basically trying to function as a as a practicing nurse with a with a one-to-one supervision in the in the clinical setting so that was one big change that we made and we're very excited about that change this year was the first time we rolled out that second year set of labs so we're just in the midst of it right now and it's been an interesting change for students as they have been able to feel more supported in the clinical setting where they're not trying to do everything at once but they're learning something every something new every week and we're adding that to their practice experience as they go through each week as well so you're seeing that that students are are able to grasp the concepts maybe a little better because they've got a little more time yeah. and and it's not sort of so much in one block. Yeah, for sure. It definitely gives them time to master some of their foundational skills before we start adding too many new things to them at one time. Yeah. 
Well, that that's fantastic. I I can you know just when you list off the amount of things that they have to learn, um, that you know I can imagine as a student that would be nice to have that time to to be able to process. For sure, it's definitely nicer for the instructors too because we don't have to do it all in one giant session. But at the same time, I think the real advantage is for the students where they are able to have time to learn a skill, process the skill, try it in practice, and then learn a new skill the next week and keep growing that way. Yeah. So I know you're you're only partway through um, some of this changes to the new program, but what kind of feedback are you receiving from students and faculty? Yeah, so one of the things I've done as the practice coordinator is I've held feedback sessions at the end of every semester as we've rolled out the new program, both with the instructors that are teaching in the practice setting the instructors that are teaching in the theory in the theory classes and the lab classes, as well as the students themselves. And so far, I mean, there's always some unanticipated hiccups, and we've been addressing those as we go. So we'll continue to improve this program as we deliver it. But uh, generally speaking, the, the feedback's been pretty good. We've had lots of uh, students express that they feel supported better. It's hard for a student to really compare because they've only experienced one program versus the other. But the feedback I've received, I feel like they've been better supported in their in their learning journey. So we're really happy with that. Yeah, yeah, that's great that you're getting those results and and kind of at a difficult time with the pandemic to be yes. implementing these changes. So interesting you bring that up. The pandemic definitely threw a whole curveball at us that we didn't anticipate. It was interesting in some ways that um, we felt like we were better prepared for the pandemic because we had been designing a new curriculum. And so because we're already in the stages of of designing new courses and developing new content and developing new delivery, the transition to an online delivery system last year was a little bit easier in some ways, perhaps, because we were already had our heads in that game. We did deliver the first year of the new curriculum almost entirely online the first time through. We were thankfully able to have students attend some labs on campus in the second semester during the pandemic, which really was beneficial for those students. It did affect some of our ability to deliver labs and also some of our clinical placements, but I think we did the best we could. And I think the students had a pretty positive experience regardless of the pandemic, um, I guess, complication. But this year, we've been very happy to be able to deliver the first year pretty much entirely in person, which is how it was intended. And the second year as well, in person, we've been able to have in-person labs almost every single week. And so um, it's been really good to see that and and to be able to have that engagement with the students. <clears throat> because our philosophy is largely founded on that relational practice, we see the teaching relationship also as a form of that relational practice. And that was really challenged by the online nature of the delivery of the program. So I think a lot of our instructors anecdotally feel much happier being able to deliver it in person because we're able to develop that relationship with those students and mentor them in different ways and and uh, support their growth and development as as future nurses in in more direct and directly visible ways so it's been a good yeah, it makes a big difference being in person and being able to <laughs> yeah. get that that feedback whereas if you're instructing over Zoom you can't always gauge the understanding or responses yeah, definitely a different challenge for our faculty. I think they all did very well and rose to that challenge the best we could. And I I hope if you spoke to our students, they would also tell you that they could they recognized that we did the very best we could with the circumstances we were in. But I know that some of those students also expressed that they missed the opportunity to 
to connect with those instructors and to connect with each other and to have some of those experiences. So we're very glad that this year uh, the college has worked hard to keep us in person and we've been able to, to do that throughout this year. So I want to talk about um, one of the innovative spaces that you guys have for teaching, um, the Sphere Lab, which um, Sphere stands for Simulated Patient Health Environment for Research and Education. <laughs> That's a, a big mouthful. It's a lot of words. So, so what does that mean? Yeah, so we refer to Sphere a lot, and we don't ever. I don't ever. It's a it's a mouthful. So I don't. I usually just say Sphere. Our Sphere area includes everything. Um, all of our lab spaces are considered part of the sphere environment. So we have all of our weekly labs happening in the in the lab classrooms, but we also have a high fidelity simulation portion of that sphere area, which means we have some mannequins that you can, um, someone can control them. They can, some of them have eye movement and mouth movement even. You can speak through a microphone and the, the nurse in the room will hear you speaking through the through the mannequin and we can simulate different uh, health conditions and health challenges with those mannequins. We have one that can deliver a baby, I think, and we have a bunch of different, we have a, a pediatric mannequin and some adult mannequins. And anyway, so one of the things that we do and that we've incorporated into our curriculum, it was a feature we had before, but we've upgraded it and updated it as well, is uh, some high fidelity simulation experiences where students get to go in and spend a few days um, interacting with these mannequins. They get to watch each other on camera as they do that. And they're able to provide peer-to-peer -peer feedback as well as receive feedback from the, the instructors that work in that area. And so it's really fun experience for them. And they, the feedback has been really positive to our new simulation experiences that they've been having this year. So, and again, it's been really great that we've been able to have those live in person and on campus versus trying to do something virtually uh, over the computer instead. Yeah. That peer feedback is really important too. That's interesting. I didn't realize that they would have the opportunity to watch each other. Is it quite realistic for the students? Do they really feel get the feeling that they're in that situation? Yeah, so we have, is it really realistic? I think students do generally engage. I think you have to kind of, there's a certain element of what you put into it is what you're going to get out of it. Um, they do use the mannequins for a number of different things, but they'll actually have live actors as well participate. So you might have your patient in the bed that is a mannequin. There's someone, you know, behind a glass that's being the live portion of that mannequin and speaking to you and responding to your questions. And But you might also have a family member in the room who's being played by a live actor who adds another component to that to that experience. And the students do, I think, feel like it's, a uh, really interesting learning place for them where they can, they do feel like it's more real than, you know, just injecting a needle into some, uh, you know, injected pad that they have on a desk or something. So it is quite fun for them, I think. And I do believe that they feel like it's quite real. We have some actors that will come in and, and, uh, act as though they're irate or act as though they're have dementia or act as though they're inebriated or something. And so, some of those people up there are really, really good actors and they can really make that a, a fun dynamic space. And the students are, their eyes get really big and they're like, whoa, I don't know what to do here. This is really good, but it's a great learning environment. And like I said, they usually have two or three students in the room in the high fidelity space and the others are watching on a, on a TV screen from outside 
and they are able to take turns and then provide feedback on what they thought went well and what they could do differently or what they observed. So it's a really neat learning environment for those students. And are these, these are local actors that come in? Yeah, so some of them are the employees themselves that work up in the in the Sphere Labs, but they also use um, a number of student volunteers and other local volunteers. They have what they call a student crew um, of volunteers, and they also have some doctors and other nurses that will come in and, and act out different um, personalities, I guess, or p- portions of the scenario for, for the students. And so it makes it quite entertaining. One of our I don't want to put anybody in the spotlight that doesn't want to be, but we have folks from our placement office, our work integrated learning office, and uh, even some of our program assistants that have gotten involved and, and they just really enjoy going in there and acting the part. And uh, the students really enjoy, I don't know if they enjoy it in the moment, but they really identify the, the learning that comes from having to face a real person who's, who's angry about the care that their loved one is receiving or who, is asking you a million questions while you're trying to focus on what you're doing or whatever it is. So it's really, really fascinating. I've been able to go and watch them a few times and it's quite, I'm not the actor myself, but I've been able to go watch and it's quite, quite an experience for the students. Yeah. And it would create a safe space Mm -hmm. for them to have this learning experience. For sure. They are able to pause and ask questions if they need to. And um, the staff there will, you know, scale things up or scale things down if they need to, depending on how comfortable the students are, or how well they're doing. So they can make things, they can make things a little more intense or a little more complicated, or they can scale it back if the student is not prepared for that or, or finding that very challenging. So yeah, it's a really neat learning environment. I want to jump back to the discussion about the curriculum. Okay. Um, were there some challenges in reshaping the curriculum? <laughs> I don't think there's any process like this that you can you can go through without some challenges for sure. So as I kind of alluded to earlier, when we started down the road of creating a new program philosophy and framework for our program, it actually took us about two years. We had some stakeholder events where we had input from um, people working in the hospital and healthcare industry. Other, some of our students were there, and we also had a lot of our faculty from Lethbridge College as well as the University of Lethbridge because we deliver this program in collaboration with them. So we had some big events where we tried to identify what our focuses should be and what our priorities should be, what nursing is going to look like in the future, and how do we prepare students for that. So we took a lot of information and put it together into a philosophy. We went, that philosophy went through a number of iterations before we found something that everyone could agree upon. And then, of course, became the process of translating that into courses, course content, and a sequencing of courses And uh, when you're trying to put everything that you can possibly hope for into a four-year program, you run out of space pretty quickly, especially in a field like nursing. So we did have some definite challenges on identifying what are the priority things that need to be in our program, what is the best um, sequencing of those concepts in order to facilitate the learning and the growth of our students throughout the four years of their program, and then... um, and then how do we now design those courses in a way that is deliverable and also measurable so we can assess the students and evaluate them as they go through the program. One of the other hiccups, of course, that we face is we have practice experiences throughout our program that require the use of practice arenas or practice areas. So identifying and making sure we have appropriate practice areas, people that are willing to allow our students to come 
and also making sure we have enough space in those practice areas for all of the students to rotate through is another kind of logistical challenge that we have faced and uh, continue to face. But I think we've done pretty well and our students are doing well. This year is a bit of a tight year for some of our practice areas because we have students in the old program as well as students in the new program. So there's some overlap, but that should be alleviated as the new program replaces the old program. But yeah, it's been an interesting journey. So. Well, it's it's a big task when yeah. you go out and consult a lot of people and then try and bring all of that information back together and make those changes. Yeah, it's been it's been a big long journey for us. So it's been a fun one, I would say. In my experience, it's been a very, um, I've learned a ton as we went through this process, but it's not been, it's been lots of hours of work and lots of negotiation and, and lots of kind of committee and work required to, to get to where we are now. Well, it's exciting to see it go forward. You mentioned um, the collaboration with the U of L. Can you expand on that and talk about what that looks like? Yeah, so we delivered the first two years of the four-year program here and the first year of the after-degree accelerated program here at the college. And the university delivers year three and four or the second year of the accelerated program. Um, the students are technically, uh, they apply for admission to the University of Lethbridge. The program, I believe, is theoretically their program. And the first couple of years are delivered here at our college campus. That collaboration has been in place, I believe, since the early 2000s um, when, the, when it became a four-year program from a three-year program. And so we've been in this collaboration for quite some time. We work uh, with the university faculty quite closely at times. And definitely in this curriculum process, there's been a lot of uh, collaboration between the two institutions to make sure that it was going to work for, for everybody. That's wonderful to have that relationship and that dynamic and, and great for the students as well. Mm -hmm. What do you see on the horizon next? What's what's coming next? So the next steps for us, of course, are to successfully roll out the remaining years of the new curriculum for our four-year degree and as well as our BNAD program. We're hoping that we'll see a graduating class from both of those new curriculums in, in the spring of 2024. So that's the aim and we're hoping to, to get there in a few years. Um, after that, we need to go through a new cycle of accreditation and approval. We've had our curriculum approved by all the necessary uh, groups and bodies that, that do that, but we, we want to go back to the Canadian Association of Schools of Nursing and, and go through a new accreditation process of our new curriculum, and we're hoping that we'll get even better feedback than we did last time. They gave us a full five-year accreditation last time, which means that our, our program was great but they did have some recommendations on improvement. So we'll, we'll be, we're interested to see what they'll say the next time around as we do that again. So those are the things that are kind of on our horizon in terms of curriculum. As I said, we're collecting feedback as we deliver it for the first time, and we're trying to make you know tweaks and, and uh, improvements as we go. Um, we've tried to anticipate as much as we could, but there's always unanticipated challenges. And uh, until you deliver something, some of those don't become as apparent. So... We've, uh, we've seen some challenges that we didn't expect, and so we're trying to make adjustments to those, and we'll keep improving this curriculum over the next I know, several years as we, as we deliver it, I'm sure. What are you most excited about going forward? Oh, geez. I'm excited to see our students graduate. I'm hoping that they'll feel like they're better prepared for practice when they arrive into the practice arena, and uh, I hope that they'll feel like they had a wonderful experience in their, in their college program. 
I'm I'm looking forward to the end of the pandemic so that we can remove that contributing factor to some of the complications, and hopefully we'll um, be able to return to some of the more in-person fun things that we used to do. But uh, yeah, those are things I'm looking forward to. Wonderful. That's fantastic. And with the end of the pandemic and you being able to get get back to more normal type of a teaching too, that I'm sure that will help you better evaluate what's been going on. Yeah, for certain. Yeah. One of the things we used to do for students, um, because they leave our campus, but they haven't graduated yet, is we used to kind of have a, a, what we call the send off party where we're sending them off to the university and, uh, we haven't been able to do that for the last couple of years. So that's a fun thing that we love to do with our students is one of the ways that we connect with them. There's other things that we usually do during our courses. We've been a little bit restricted on, you know, some of our activities within the classroom and so on as well because of the pandemic restrictions. So I'm looking forward to having those eliminated and we can, again, you know, maybe provide some treats or bring in a, a puppy for some therapeutic puppy time or all these different things that we like to do in our in our courses and and show students what they can do to help their clients in the future but uh they've been a little bit less available to us at this time yeah well you've appealed to me with puppies and treats i mean <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm all for that um yeah so it, it sounds like within the program too you you've done a great job even despite the pandemic of creating those connections and then teaching your students about the value of creating those connections. Yeah, that's been our main goal. And that's, again, comes back to that foundational philosophy of the relational practice and establishing that, um, we call it a therapeutic connection or a therapeutic relationship with a client and being able to facilitate their health and healing through that therapeutic relationship. So we try to emulate that or model that in our relationship that we create with students and help it support them through their educational journey or whatever and whatever challenges they may face along that path um, so that they can then be better prepared to to do that for their clients in the future. Has this been important to you personally? Yeah, it's been important to me personally. I feel that I'm always motivated by the student and the student's experience and I identified in our legacy program some things that weren't maybe not as good as they could be. And I'm always trying to identify those elements and see how we can improve what we're doing, whether that's at a program level or it's my own personal level of how I'm teaching courses in a classroom. It's always challenging because every group of students has its own unique characteristics. So from year to year, it changes. And so finding that right balance of things that are maybe unique to one group of students versus something that you could change and, and it would improve with the experience for all students is, is always a fun one. But it is definitely something that's important to me. Um, I became involved in the curriculum committee. We have a shared committee between the two institutions. Um, before we even began this process, I got involved at the time that we were seeking the CASN or Canadian, the national accreditation. And um, from that point, when we decided to do a curriculum rebuild, I was asked to become one of the co-chairs of the curriculum committee. We have a chairperson on our campus and a chairperson at the U of L. And so my counterpart there and I have kind of led our fearless team through, uh, we led our committee who then led the entirety of the faculty through this process of reimagining our curriculum and, and uh, working through the development of that new curriculum. So it's definitely been a kind of a passion project for many years of mine. 
it's definitely used a lot of my time and a lot of my mental effort. So I would say it's definitely something I'm um, passionate about and I'm very excited to see it, like I say, becoming a reality now and watching students go through the experience and I'm very excited to see how it pans out and I'm hoping that those students will feel like they've had an excellent nursing education journey when they get to the end of it. Well, thank you so much for talking about all of these changes that have gone on with the program and it sounds very innovative and exciting and it's great to hear and I think I you know it sounds like you've got already wonderful feedback going forward so that's fantastic is there anything that else that you'd like to add no if you want to become a nurse come to our program I don't know if you know anyone who's interested in nursing we have a great program for them so yeah it sounds like a fantastic experience for for students in 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 every aspect of it yeah, it's been, our, that's our goal. So I hope that's true. And we have great people as well. So yeah, it's been a great team to work with. Also good to know, you know, should I find myself in the hospital in the future <laughs> that I will have Lethbridge College trained nurses looking after me? Yeah, they go all over the place when they graduate, but we have many of them here. It's fun for me to go to the hospital these days because I see many faces that I recognize from, from my time here at the college. And so it's lots of fun. Oh, I imagine that would be incredibly rewarding. It is, yeah, yeah. We have students that I've taught in the past who now are teaching as clinical instructors, other students. So it's it's a it's a fun kind of thing to experience as a faculty member. Yeah. Yeah, to see that cycle. Yeah. Yeah, very much so. Well, thank you very much, Benjamin. We have come to the last part of the podcast. And so this is where we get to ask you about something that you have loved learning lately. And, you know, as people who work in education, we tend to be lifelong learners and we like to learn all kinds of different stuff. So can you talk about something that you've really loved learning lately? So I'm going to sound like maybe a nerd here, but I've been, the Canadian Association for Schools of Nursing also provides a number of um, professional development courses. And so this year I've been working through a series of modules that are called the Canadian Certified Nurse Educator and I've been learning how to apply different teaching philosophies to um, nursing education. It's similar to what I learned from the ICP courses here at Lethbridge College. So it's been an interesting refresher of some of those principles, but it's also been fascinating timing to do it because I'm learning it as I'm delivering a new curriculum. So I've been able to think through how are we integrating these concepts and learning philosophies into what we're doing with our new curriculum and are there, are there innovations or other things that we can continue to work on as we move forward. So that's one of the things I've been working on recently. Yeah. Well, we'll have to go for coffee sometime <laughs> and, and talk about the, the comparison of the two, but I imagine that's nice to, to have something that's specific to the field. Yeah. And it's a good program. I, I attend it's online, which is interesting, but I attend, uh, there are students from across the country. So it makes for some interesting conversation in the classroom at times when we are comparing different uh, experiences at different institutions and programs in different provinces all across our, our country. What's fascinating to me is that a lot of the things that we were trying to address with our new curriculum are issues that people are also trying to address in other places. And they are some of them using similar strategies to try and address where nursing is going and how we can prepare students better for nursing practice. Some are using different approaches. And so it's interesting to hear why they've chosen the approaches they've chosen and to be able to share some of the things that we're doing in our in our curriculum with them and to, to see their enthusiasm for, oh, that's a fascinating idea. I'll have to take that back to my faculty and see what they think. But 
So it's been a neat place to kind of collaborate in that sense as well with, with people across the country teaching and nursing. Oh, it's wonderful to be able to have those shared experiences mm-hmm. and, and everybody benefits from that. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Well, thank you very much, Benjamin. It's been wonderful talking to you and learning more about all the, the great work that you and the other faculty are doing in the NISA program. And uh, I look forward to uh, hearing how the the program continues to progress. Yeah, great. I'll be happy to try and maybe we'll get someone else to do it, but I'd be happy to come back and report in a few years how it's going for sure. Thank you. This episode featured Donna McLaughlin as host and Benjamin Northcott as guest. Jordana Gagnon was our producer. Ryan Robinson was our sound technician and editor. Thank you also to Daryl Benebeck, Joel Godry, Kelsey Jansen, Tyler Wall, and Jamin Heller for their ongoing support and expertise. Our podcast is funded by Lethbridge College's Centre for Teaching, Learning and Innovation and recorded on the traditional lands of the Blackfoot Confederacy. For more information and inspiration, check out learninginnovation.ca. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and follow us on your chosen platform. Thanks for listening and take care.